so many things an entrepreneur a public speaker translation compeer and a lifestyle writer but at my very core i am a tibetan but if you ask me what tibet its people and the culture is like then i must honestly say that i have never been to tibet and i'm sure i'm not the only one if you've never been to tibet either then this podcast is for you. Deshidili and welcome to your favorite podcast, Waking Up Closer to Tibet, with me, Enzin Chidun. Today, I have a very special Tibetan story for you. It is a story of Mila Repa. Now, you must be thinking, why this story? And who is Mila Repa? Well, this is a story of an ordinary man in Tibet whose life was filled with misery and challenges. But with his grit, he was able to attain enlightenment. Because of hardships in his life, Milarepa resorted to black magic in his early days. Realizing his misdoings, he sought out on the path of Buddhahood. He became one of the most celebrated yogis of Tibet. His story is a reminder that if you truly believe in what you want to accomplish, there is nothing that can stop you. Which is why I am sharing the story with you here today to give you that little dose of inspiration in case you need it. Milarepa, originally named Dupaka, was born to a noble and influential family in Tsa, which is a place in southern Tibet. His father, Sherab Gyatsen, was a wealthy merchant who traveled across borders for trade. He also had numerous estates. When Tepa was seven, his father fell ill and died. In his will, he made his brother and sister-in-law the guardians of his property, and until Tepa became an adult. His wife, Tepa, and Peta, who was his younger sister, would be under the care of their relatives. So, you know, Tepa's relatives mistreated him and his family, and they acted as if they had forgotten about the will. This is what Tepa, who later uh, was, of course, named Milarepa, once he attained Buddhahood, once he was on that path of spiritual liberation, um, but before that, when he was Tepa, when he was a young boy, when he was just a teenager, he describes his experience being under the care of their relatives. He uh, describes this in his manuscripts. He writes, Our food was food for dogs. Our work was work for donkeys. Forced to toil without rest, our limbs became cracked and raw. With only poor food and clothing, we became pale and initiated. Tepa's mother, Nyansa Kargen, pleaded the relatives to return her husband's possessions. 
but they ridiculed her and said, You can do whatever you want, but we won't. All of this belongs to us now. Wage a war, do anything, even cast spell on us. We won't budge. Nyanza took this very seriously. In her vengeance, she told Tepa, My son, you must become a sorcerer to inflict harm upon your evil relatives. You must learn the art of sorcery from the famous sorcerer, Yungtun. If you don't, then I shall kill myself, she warned. He spent a year learning from Yongtun, but was unsatisfied with his teaching. Deba's mother had told him not to return without becoming an accomplished sorcerer, or she warned him that she would kill herself. He was so frightened that he didn't want that to happen, so he decided to learn from another occult magician or sorcerer, Kulungpa. Under his apprenticeship, he became powerful and learned Milarepa's or Tepa's magic destroyed his uncle and aunt's house and ruthlessly massacred 35 people who were attending a wedding feast at home. He felt the remorse. He had guilt building inside of him. This guilt was eating him up from within. He decided to purify his actions and was seeking a guru who could liberate him from his intense repentance. The first master he met told him that he was not meant to be his student. He directed him to go to Marpa, the great translator. He said, he could be a master. In case you don't know who Marpa Lotseva is, do not worry. I am at your service. We call Marpa as a great translator because he was a Buddhist master who was well-versed in both Sanskrit and Tibetan. He has translated several Indian Sanskrit Buddhist texts to Tibetan. He traveled to India to learn Buddhism and Sanskrit. So, coming back to our story, Tepa went on a journey to find Marpa, his potential teacher, and upon reaching the village where he had heard Marpa was residing, he asked a young man. He said, Where is the house of Marpa, the great translator? The young man replied, Oh, I know where he is. He's just plowing the field there. Tepa thought to himself, Such a renowned master is plowing fields? I don't think that's him, but let me try my luck anyway. As he approached the field, he asked the man, Do you know where the great translator resides? The man replied, And who are you? Tebart replied, I am a deeply troubled man who needs Marpa's help. Okay, I will arrange for a meeting. In the meantime, plow this field, Marpa said. When he entered his house, he could see that the same person who is plowing the field is sitting inside. The man angrily looked at him and said, Don't you recognize me? I am Marpa. Introduce yourself. Even though Marpa was extremely strict and reluctant in the beginning, he eventually accepts Tepa as a student. But on one condition. Marpa's condition was that he will only start teaching once Tepa constructs a giant tower on the eastern ridge of the mountain nearby. When the tower was half complete, Marpa instructed that he wanted the tower to be crescent-shaped 
so the older one had to be demolished. And this time, he wanted it to be constructed on the western ridge of the mountain. And once again, before the second tower could be completed, Marpa said that he was drunk and gave wrong instructions. So, he had to demolish the tower again. Marpa asked Dupa to demolish and construct a new tower which was triangular and was at the northern ridge of the mountain. The same thing happened again. This time, Marpa wanted a square-shaped tower. Dupa was utterly exhausted and he decided to leave the place. Tamema, wife of Marpa, realized that Dupa had been gone. She rushed to inform him and she questioned him. Are you happy now? Hearing this, Marpa's tears rolled down his cheeks. He prayed, Oh, please bring me my destined spiritual son back. Since Dupa had nowhere to go, he had to return. Marpa was overjoyed. Dupa was ready to receive his teachings and attain Buddhahood. But before his teachings began, Marpa explained why he was so outrageous to him. He explained, I actually used my rage as a tool to test you and purify you of all your misdeeds in the past. You had to reap what you had sown. Marpa cut off a lock of Deba's hair as a sign of commitment. He dressed him in robes and gave him a new name, Mila Repa meaning the cotton-clad one. The next day, Marpa taught both the practice and theory of meditation. He said, My spiritual son, I knew right from the very beginning that you would be my most worthy disciple. Both Damima and I had prophetic dreams the night before your arrival. We knew that you were going to be here. After the sudden death of Marpa's son, Dharma Dude, Marpa was completely devastated and was looking for signs to indicate the future of his lineage. He instructed his disciples to watch their dreams closely. The disciples had outstanding dreams, but none of them had dreams related to their lineage. However, Milarepa had a dream of a huge mountain like Mount Meru in heaven. In the dream, the mountain was at the center of the world and was encircled by four great pillars. Marpa understood the sign and declared Milarepa as his successor. With the teachings of his master Marpa and with his relentless dedication, Milarepa attained enlightenment. He found the truth and liberation that he was seeking. Even with his dark past, he was able to reach nirvana. This is the power of determination. So, no matter what, never say never. Anything, anything at all is possible if you're willing to make things happen. Your determination, your persistence can take you places. So, thank you so much for tuning in. Until then, see you soon. If you liked this episode, then please give me a shout out by mentioning me in your Instagram stories and posts. My Instagram handle is 
tenzin.chudun.24. That is T-E-N-Z-I-N dot C-H-O-D-O-N dot 24. You can also DM me if you have any questions. To stay updated about waking up closer to Tibet, don't forget to follow at HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or sunone nazariyese. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast.